what you're going to do for Rosh Hashanah. Look, I'm all for New Year's parties, but the Jewish New Year, I mean, it's just going to be a bunch of guys praying, right? What's the fun in that? It's the holiest time of the year. A time for introspection, appreciation, and you know what? Let me explain to you a little bit differently. Guys! Money appeal for you. Yo, I'm returning to the folk that you explain. Oh, got this desire to know. Tell us, roll, say hello. Our friends rock, yeah. With the Jews that we question, got the pride, just can't stop. Our lives are changing. Rush your shoulders in the house tonight. All the world's passing through the night. Let's all get well, Sal I had a little play a little song for Shira since she can't be here today for Rosh Hashanah. Happy Rosh Hashanah, y'all. Welcome back, folks. And uh, we do have two lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Sandy in Phoenix, good morning. Oh, good morning. I have a question. About uh, planting a lady mixed rose. I we live in a uh, retirement community, and um, I have a mulberry tree on the north side of my house. And um, of course, it loses its leaves in the winter. And we had a lady banks rose on the north side of our house in Cape Creek, and. I just wondered what was the best time of year to do that. Well, the best time to plant the Lady Banks Road is probably in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's a little hot. You know, we can still get kind of hot for the next week or two. Mid-October is the very best time. Uh, it's going to want some sun, though, Sandy, so it's not going to perform well under the shade of a mulberry. Well, maybe it's not a Lady Banks Rose then. Um, well, does it have yellow flowers or white flowers and bloom for a short period white. of time? Why? Well, it, it, how long does it bloom? Just like a month or so? All winter. All, All winter. winter. Well, then it's not a Lady Banks rose, that's for sure. <laughs> what do you think it is? Well, it could be an iceberg rose. You know, iceberg rose is one, and it's still going to have to have some sun, but iceberg roses. Uh, well, it'll get, it'll get some sun and more as the leaves go, go. But I'm thinking, like in front of the Kiwanis in Cape Creek. North side, right? Flush against the building. Well, but the north side and then having a tree of the north, that's going to be even harder. But as long as it gets enough sun, if you want something to bloom a little longer, what I would look for is Sandy's and Iceberg Rose. Thanks for the call. Jody in Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Jody. Sorry, lost it. Hi. Okay, so regarding the raised bed that we were talking about just a little bit ago, uh-huh. what, what are your suggestions? Well, you know, what what happens, I grew up with a grandfather with an acre garden, and we always had a, like, Ford 9N tractor. We planted things in rows, and we grow so many turnips, we gave them to the guys with the horses. But then I got married, and my wife was watching all these shows <laughs> and explaining to me how we really had to build raised beds. And I'm saying, yes, dear. <laughs> 
You know, an answer that was taught to me by my brother-in-law right at the time of the wedding. You know, I learned that right from the get-go. And so we proceeded to build these beds out on the east side of our house in South Phoenix. And I found growing and raised beds to be far, far superior to the old garden days. And so if you'll build a raised bed you know, you're just outside of your irrigation and, and water it with a hose, you'll just be amazed how much easier it is. It's easier to keep weed free. And the, the soil drainage is great because it's up higher, so the salt's pushed down in the soil. And you'll be very happy, I think, with your results. So I really recommend, you know, unless you need an acre of vegetables for something, uh, I would plant it all in raised beds, and it's a lot easier. And they could be in contact with the ground or they could be elevated above the ground. I prefer them in contact with the ground because the soil stays cooler, you know, and I, I stand educated. Okay, in contact, so, all right. So build a box, so would, basically a box, right on top of the ground. Dig out any grass that's going to be underneath it, okay? So you're not going to have any roots in there. Make sure that's all clean. And it could set out, you know, with flood irrigation around it, and that's great. And that's kind of how ours were in South Phoenix. And uh, then fill your soil back and in your bed. You want to mix in about one-third organic material with two-thirds soil and plant. One-third organic material with the rest, the soil that I removed? Native soil. Yeah, the native soil. Huh? Take the grass off first, okay. though. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Any Real quick, any um, vegetables that are happy and relatively easy for a beginner? Well, you know, this is the time of year when, you know, in the winter months, we supply America with vegetables. You know, a lot of them out of Yuma, but all over Arizona. So broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, all those things are pretty standards. Um, but what's always fun to grow are like cherry tomatoes, sweet 100s, or any of the, the smaller tomatoes. They'll have a short, you know, they'll be ripened soon and they'll be prolific. And if you're going to keep the garden for a long time, you probably want to plant some peppers. And the peppers will bloom and put out another crop here in the fall still. And those would be a lot of fun. And uh, so there's quite a, quite a lot. And, and the one thing that's foolproof are radishes. So if you ever want to grow oh, anything great. that you just from seed that you know is going to work, no matter what happens, plant some radishes and you can't lose. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks, You're Jody. always so helpful. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, Lisa in Tempe. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. I have a question about a swarrow cactus, if you can help me. Okay. Um, we had a 15-foot cactus, and unfortunately, during the heat in August, we lost half of it. It just fell right over. I've got about five feet still in the ground, mm -hmm. and we used a chainsaw and cut off probably about 8 to 10 inches under where it broke. So we've got like a clean cut on the piece that's remaining in the ground, about five feet tall. Mm hmm do we need to take that out or will that? No, maybe? you know, it, it should grow back, Lisa, and branch and, and fill back in and make a multiple or multiple headed or arm plant from that point. It, it, you know, would probably be a good idea to pick up some powdered sulfur and dust over the top of it. But if you cut it long enough ago and it's drying and callousing, you won't need to do that. And uh, this spring, it'll put some little buds out and it'll come back and start to grow new arms. Okay, because it looks kind of funky inside there well okay if it looks funky inside there cut it cut it one more time and pick up some powdered sulfur and dust it okay. with powdered sulfur okay after after we cut it and just let it be mm -hmm. all right we will do that thank you for your time good luck lisa bye-bye bye-bye uh ginger in phoenix good morning ginger good morning it's good to talk to you um, we have a backyard of grass and it's probably half nutsedge and half bermuda mm-hmm 
And uh, I wondered what your strategies about how to kill the nuts edge, keep the grass. Well, you know, it's a very it... timely call. Um, it's the perfect okay. time to attack nuts edge. Okay. This is the Good. time of year it's going to be storing up all of its starch and everything. So the chemicals mm-hmm. work very well and it takes it right down in the nut and can kill them. So first what you want to do is not uh, cut it for a week. Okay. Let it get okay. some height. Don't mow it. Let it get taller. And it'll grow pretty fast this time of year. And then there's either Monterey Nut Sedge Control or a product called Sedge, S-E-D-G-E, Hammer. And either one will work. And what you want to do is you want to put on a a heavy dose of that right away. Okay. If you want to work a little bit better, you can mix it with some soap like Dawn dish soap. Okay. And that works as a surfactant and makes it stick to the plant a little better. And if you like things to die quickly, you could even add a little miracle Grow with it. And uh, that way you can see it die fast. And because nutgrass is such a, a pest that uh, watching it die oh, is I a know. good thing. I know. But, um, no, and then what you want to do is you don't want to cut it for at least a week. So you want to let this chemical go down into the grass and into the nut down below. And, you know, it's not going to wipe it all out. But this is the perfect time of year to put it on. And uh, if it's mowed real short, then wait, you know, a week or two. But this time of year, it's trying to store a lot of energy. And so that's when all these chemicals are going to work the best. Okay. Okay, that's great. Um, One other question. Uh, We live in an HOA of of 16 homes. Uh And I'm the social chair. And I'd love to hire somebody to come and walk around our little community and give advice on how to take care of their plants. Do you have resources of well, it, it's kind of difficult for us this time of year. I mean, we have a we have oh, we have a great staff, but yeah, I mean, right now is you know going into fall is is our very busiest next couple of weeks. But uh, okay. we could probably come out and do that. Where are you located? What part of town? Fifteenth Avenue in Northern. Well, you're, you're right in our neighborhood, so yeah. If you'll contact us through the nursery, we can get out and do that. But it probably will, uh, Ginger, have to be a couple of weeks before we can. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Dennis and Glendale. But after Dennis, the lines are wide open. Sal's thinking you don't love him, folks. He's he's thinking that you miss Shira. We played her song for her, but, you know, we'll see her next week. Give Sal a call. Number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. If you give me
beautiful Sunday morning. Looks like the lines are filling up, so we better get right to them. Got to get them in the right order, too. Dennis and Glendale, good morning. Good morning, Brian. I have a question on pine needles. Is that a, a an item that you want in your flower beds as a, as a uh, it's not It's not specifically advantageous to use pine needles. I mean, it's actually been used for mulch for ground cover to keep uh, weeds from growing up for, for years. Um, so it's probably not the best thing to try and compost, Dennis. No. Okay. Sometimes they use it for ground cover to hold the moisture in. Well, they used to use a lot. Like I remember when they built the Raven Golf Course in South Phoenix, they used it to uh, keep the weed control underneath the pine trees. There's a lot of rep, uh, pines planted on the property. And a uh, short story, they brought it in from Florida. They brought fire ants in with it, and they had a heck of a time <laughs> getting rid of the fire ants. But anyway, no, I mean, it's for, for a surface mulch, it can be very good because anything that covers and keeps the light down will stop the weeds from growing. But as far as something to put into a compost or mulch, I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. All right. What would you recommend? Um, well, you can buy compost. You know, the thing about when you compost materials and break them down, you know, we use green waste, which is, you know, ground up trees. And we use a lot of horse bedding, which is wood with horse manure. And that's kind of we make our compost out of. But, you know, truthfully at home, unless you're going to do a whole lot, I would just buy already already manufactured compost. Okay. Real good. Well, thank you very much today. Thanks, Dennis. Bye-bye. Uh, looks like Dee and Levine. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, on on uh, his question about pine needles, what about from juniper droppings? Is that any good? Well, you know, you know, most of that, if you notice that, you know, weeds don't really grow under pines very well. They don't go under junipers. So, you know, they don't grow under creosote bushes either. So those things that yeah. uh, aren't part of the, you know, conducive part for weeds to grow, I wouldn't recommend yeah. using for in a compost. They say, they say there's also the, those creosotes I read something long ago that there's also something in that they secrete something out in the roots to also the block breeds around them. But and it, you know, and, it, and, it's, and it's amazingly effective out in the desert, you know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you'll, you, unless somebody drives across the desert or you break the soil, Hey, it's pretty weed free. Okay. Uh, one of my first questions, I, I just thought of the junipers when he mentioned it, cause I've been wondering about it. Uh, but, have you ever come up with anything on the chicken manure yet? Oh, on getting more peloton. You know what? I haven't. And uh, in fact, I was trying to work on that this week, and it just ran out of time. But we'll. I got. I got to be in touch with those guys anyway because we're using a lot of their other manure products right now. And let me find out what they're going to do because, uh, yeah. to my knowledge, it hasn't been released yet. And uh, you know, Hickman's basically just sold off that part of their business. So these people yeah. are, are are using all the chicken manure to manufacture other products. But you know, we need some retail packaging too. And uh, I'm just not familiar with what they're doing yet. But I'll find out this week. Well, I try to listen to you Saturday and Sunday all the time. I try try my well, best. I'll pro- uh, I'll, prom- I'll promise you I'll have an answer next week. Okay, I'll uh, next Saturday and probably be listening early. But I got I got a funeral that that day, so uh, yeah. Well, about it. take care. And those funerals aren't much fun, you know. It's just it, it's no, sad. It's no, sad no. to lose friends, but uh, closer than friends. Yeah. Well, our our condolences. I mean, it's uh, you know we we go through hard times in life, and it's not easy. And um, you know, I've 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 had some experiences like that in my life. That uh, I I understand. I know. I know how you can get sometimes too. Yeah, you know how I get get talk sometimes on the air too. So (laughs) I'm I'm kind of a mushy big kid. Well, we'll take care, D. And uh, yeah, thank you. Bye bye.
Uh, Janet and Goodyear. Good morning, Janet. Good morning, sir. Um, lost my pygmy date palms. They just kind of torched in the heat and along with some other succulents. So what's the best time for me to replant the palms? And do I have to treat the soil before I do? No, plant? Janet, mid-October is fine. You know, it's a little hot right now. The problem with pygmy date palms is they're pretty much mostly grown in Florida. So they're going to be a little lusher and a little oversized. So we don't really want to plant them just yet. But uh, mid-October is perfect, you know, because then they have a chance to root out. You don't want to wait too late because you want to do it while they still have heat to get rooted and established. And then, um, you know, if it's when it gets that hot, they just require a lot more water. They're native to Laos. And, um, you know, and they'll take our summers very well when established. But, you know, there's just a limit on the amount of water. They have, they have to have enough water. Okay. Yeah, they were babies put in. Before the heat attacked, um, and uh, that's probably why they died. Well, fall is a great time to plant them. They'll get rooted and established before it gets hot. Do I have to put stone in there first and then the, the plants? Because that's what I was told at a nursery. No. No, there's really, wow. really palm trees and especially like pygmy dates. And, you know, they have such a dense monocot root system that they like heavier soil. It'll retain more moisture and there's there's no reason to add rock in there. You could add some compost. It'll get kind of helps with the perking a little bit when they're new if you have heavy okay. clay. And some of that in Goodyear is pretty heavy. But just blend some compost yeah. with it. But there's no reason to add rock. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Janet. Bye-bye. Uh, Bonnie in Phoenix. Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning. Um, I have a couple of questions. Um, first off, um, um, asparagus, would I be able to sow the seeds and then have them come up in in uh, the Phoenix area? Oh, you know, this is a great place to grow asparagus. It, you know, it takes a while to get a bed established and growing. And, you know, you could buy it from the, the rhizomes or the runners, you know, or, or you could probably grow it from seed. But it um, oh. it does very, very well here. You know, commercially, especially down in Yuma, uh, it was grown mm-hmm. for years. To establish a asparagus bed, you know, before you start harvesting it, you know, it's kind of a longer-term commitment. It's not like just planting a one-time crop of tomatoes or something. Asparagus, you're basically mm-hmm. going to build it into a bed. And you're going to get it very healthy. And then you're not going to really start harvesting it for about a year. But then once the bed's established, you can harvest it for years. So it's it's okay. a pretty fun plant that way. Yeah, because, see, I grew up in eastern Oregon, which is uh, farm country. Mm-hmm. And I remember that they used to come up every spring. Well, this, the, same, the same way. Just Well, that, and that's after it's established. So once you have the okay, asparagus buddy. bed established, it's the same thing. Here you're going to get in the spring, you're going to get really nice shoots. you know, And then you let it kind of mm-hmm. go for the summer, and then you come back, and you can cut it back and harvest it the fall again here. Oh, I see. Do I let them go to seed? Once well, you they, can, yeah. You let the plants just get big and build up starch and feed themselves, you know, and um, yeah. go through their, their that period. And then when they're growing really okay. fast, and it's usually going to get the best ones in the spring and the fall, you cut the plants back okay. to the ground, come up with all the shoots, and then you have asparagus. Oh, good. So when uh, when are uh, the asparagus plants being sold in the nursery? You know, I'm not sure what we have right now, Bonnie. I've been out running around doing tree things and different things. But if you call the nursery um, after 10 o'clock this morning, uh, they'll know mm-hmm. what they've got coming in. And if for some reason okay. they don't, I, I will make sure I educate myself and I'm ready next Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. I have another question. Um, I have um, wildflowers that come up in my yard every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're daisies. They're yellow and orange. If I take the seeds and, and throw them up in the desert, is that all right? Yeah, if you want them to spread, they'll come out if it rains. Yep. 
Oh, okay, good. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, okay. you know, the, the African daisies are spread out. You know, they're they're pretty all over the place. And um, well, there's poppies. There's a lot of different things. And you know, we get that nice fall rain and winter rains. We got beautiful uh, spring blooms. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially last year. All, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Brian. I thanks, appreciate Bonnie. it. I'll call the nurses. All righty. Bye okay. bye. Uh, Susie and Tempe. Good morning, Susie. Uh, good morning. Can you hear me? Very clearly. Okay. I have a couple of questions. I have uh, the ficus trees on the west side of my house. My house faces uh, south and north, or the backyard faces north. But it's all uh, block wall and pavers. And how do I tell whether... One of them has no leaves on it at all, and the others seem to, you know, they still have leaves, but how do I tell whether it's dead or not and it's time to take it out? Well, take a sharp knife and scrape the bark, and if uh-huh. it's green underneath, it probably will come back. Now, if they don't come back in the next three or four weeks, they're probably dead. I mean, this, this okay, weather that's well, changing has... right now is, is changing where they come out. So yeah. these were young plants that were recently installed, Susie? Uh, no, they've been here. They're all... Well, I have a couple that are older, but I planted four of them for privacy mm-hmm. thing. And um, uh, like I said, three of them still have green, um, some more than others. But this one, he was kind of off the north side of the wall. So he just got pelted. But mm-hmm. there's not a leaf left on him. Well, scratch the bark. If but he's brown, it, it's gone. But, you know, that it, if it doesn't oh, pop okay. some new growth within a couple of weeks, and you could give it a light shot of fertilizer if you had, like, some miracle Grow or something. Um, okay. Would be a okay. good good thing to do. Yeah. But I'm going to say they're, you know, they're probably 10, 11 feet mm-hmm. tall in, in, the, you know, in their trunks uh, anywhere from, you know, probably... Oh, I'm going to say four to five inches okay, around. Okay, so they're pretty so sub- pretty really... substantial. So what I would do is make sure they're deep watered, not too often, about once a week, a light dose of fertilizer. And if they're popping new okay. foliage, I'll be fine. It would be good to prune them, but I'd let them grow a little first. Okay, well, like I said, the one looks, it's it's devastating. So but it, one other do you, question. Do you want to hang on? Because we have a hard break with the news here, and I could take sure. you after the news. I'll okay, hang on. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show after we find out what's happening in the world from Mr. Troy Barrett here in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, in the meantime, you can give us a call to get on the next at 602-277-5827. Trouble seems so far away. Now it looks as old as here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly. I'm not half the man I used to be There's a shadow hanging over me You 
Of that song, but we're timing out on it. We've got to get back to the phones. Next up, we've got Susie Tony, and then it could be you. The number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTAR. Hi, Susie. Hi. My other question was, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, I have a tupa tree. A tupa tree. A tupa? Tupa? T I P U? Tupu. I, I think so, yeah. Okay, all right. I'm not sure, but it's been in the ground probably for seven years, mm-hmm. but uh, it had a really hard time, and what I want to know, it's got a lot of dead wood on it at this point. Do I try to save it, cut it back, or take it out? Uh, it should come right back out, Susie. Um, how do you water it? Uh Normally, well, it's in grass, and the uh-huh. grass gets watered every other day. Uh, but okay. Let, I let's let's it, let's change some things up. Okay, number one on your okay. lawn to water your lawn correctly is it pretty level? Yes. Okay, so take a tuna fish can and put it out in your lawn or a small bowl or a coffee cup, and run your irrigations till you have one inch of water in that container. Okay, however long that takes. It depends on how many heads you have and how it's set up. But if you want to kind of check it a couple of places, put two or three containers out. Run your irrigation until you have an inch of water. Then take your mm-hmm. screwdriver out, have your wherever you have one, even a butter knife, and go stick it in the ground. It should go in quite easily after you water, okay? You won't need to water again until the ground gets hard and you can't place it back into the ground. should be somewhere how between... Far, how once, far down should it go? Well, this should, one inch of water should give you about a foot of penetration in the soil. Oh, okay. okay. And that okay. way, that way, okay. everything's rooting deeper. Okay, so that's going to okay. make everything well, healthier that, that way. Okay, that tree's not quite, you know, where it's in its own little area. It doesn't really. It's the, there's grass next to it, but it's not part of that. But I okay. Put so water it's, on so it it's not. Least. It's not. It's not in the grass then. No, well, not really. But I water it once a week okay. for a couple of hours. With a drip system or a hose, or how do you water it? Oh, a hose, a okay. hose. That's great. So let's yeah. do this. Let's go ahead and uh, fertilize it right now with like a citrus food. Mm-hmm. And the best one we have is Organo Pro Citrus Foods, a really good one. And water it with that right now and let it pop back out. If we do that over the next couple of weeks, it's going to throw a lot of new buds and growth out. And, okay. And well, when, there's a lot. There's a lot of dead wood off. So I do. I right. have that cut out. Well, and, let's let's let it start growing first, so we can see what's actually dead. So let's push oh. it so it grows, and then okay. come back okay. somewhere in about a month and prune all the dead out and let the tree regrow. But it should come back and make a nice, you know, balanced tree out, okay. you know, sometime by next spring. Okay. Because right now it looks awful. Okay. Well, let's and get it, let's one, get it growing first and then prune it. Okay. Okay. Um. Another question is: Is I have is I think I believe it's called coral wreath. It's a vine, mm-hmm. and uh, it 
had a really hard time. If I cut that back right now, will it come back? Well, it'll come back more in the spring. Queen's wreath is a, it's a nice little vine, and it's deciduous, so it loses its leaves in the wintertime. It'll come back right, right now. I'll tell you what, if you prune it moderately and fertilize it right now, it'll grow really well till the middle of November. Okay, well, there's a lot of dead leaves underneath. You if, know, if, you, if, you want, if you want to butcher the whole plant back and let it come back out, you can. Normally, we would be yeah. doing that in the spring, but because of the situation we had this summer, if you want to prune it back mm-hmm. right now and, and water it deep and fertilize it, it'll come right back out. Okay, okay, great. Well, thank you for your answers, and I will do what you said. You have a good day. Thank you, you very too, much. Susie. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Tony in Scottsdale. But after Tony, we've got wide open phones. And it's uh, been unusual for today. So, you know, you can give us a call here. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR and make Mr. Sal happy. Put him to work. Tony, good morning. Uh, good morning, Brian. Okay, good. I have a little bit of time. It's like I, I got three questions. So, and I know you addressed it earlier, but um, my my I I came in at the end. I've got my ficus in the backyard. I live over by Saguaro High School. My ficus in the backyard, which is about twelve inches in diameter. I've got like a bunch of pretty good chunk of bark that is like scaling and falling off and stuff. Uh-huh. And so I I think it sounds like there's something that I need to put on there. Or is it black and powdery yeah. underneath, Tony? It is, yeah. Okay, so that's sooty canker, okay? So you, you uh-huh. know, the best thing to do is to prune that out as much as possible. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty much kind of like on the base. Well, okay, if we're going to try and save the tree, if it's way down into the tree, what you want to do is go ahead and cut the tree back. Does it have any good foliage on it left or not? Oh, yeah, no, the foliage, actually, foliage looks fine. It, okay. it got burnt during the summer, but it's the foliage actually is pretty good. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to treat it with this product called Monterey Disease Control. Okay. Okay. All right. And if you got decent foliage on it, what you want to do is you want to spray it on the foliage and put it on the ground, and you probably want to repeat it in a couple of weeks, and then um, you should start to see some of the foliage come out and grow a lot faster, and other branches will probably die. Then you can prune out the dead portion at that that time. All right, and I'm doing some deep watering on that tree right now. Yeah, deep watering okay. and not too often, so you don't want to overwater it either. But deep watering, like weekly watering on a big ficus, is more than adequate. Okay. All right. And then can I can I ask you just a couple more quick ones? Sure. I, okay. I I I, th- I tried my best to like kill one of the Mexican marigolds that I bought from you. I I, I bought it and I, I watered it some, but not enough. It was still in the pot. Now I, I pulled it out yesterday and I didn't see much green, but the roots were still very uh, moist and uh, uh, you know they seemed like seemed the like roots were still good. I tried to replant that. Uh-huh. Is it? I mean, is no. You got you a chance. Just cut, cut it off close to the ground, plant it. It'll probably come back out. Okay. And then last thing, uh, a couple weeks ago, you told me, but my my I trimmed yesterday down to the base my neighbor's saguaro cactus because it came down in a storm, mm-hmm. and I cleaned it all up. But there's some kind of sulfur sulfur thing you told me about that I need to put on there. It's to, a powdered to, sulfur. Powdered so sulfur. So it's just okay. elemental yeah, sulfur. It it's a powder. Yeah, we do sell it. You can just shake it out of a can, and it's easy to use. Good deal. Hey, uh, Brian, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too, Tony. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see next. We've got Ryan and Chandler. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you? Enjoy the morning. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's it's a nice I, change. I don't really have... <laughs> it is a nice change. I really don't have a question. I have a, a story to share. Okay. I lived in this house about 19 years. And it had no less than probably 15 to 18 queen palms. 
In 2020, I took out the last queen palm. And I heard you talking about mule palms. So I came down and I got six mule palms from you guys and planted those. And I have the most lush green palms after this summer I've ever seen. Every one of them is absolutely beautiful and perfect. So as I look over the fence of my neighbor who has three queen palms that are all dead, I'm thankful that you turned me on to those mule palms. Great, great trees. Well, they're, they're a fun tree, and we're, we've had great success at our home, too. I've got three queen palms in my own house that are still old and still tall and uh, that, that, that are hanging in there. But, uh, yeah, we're filling in with the mule palms, and they really are just so much hardier and that they're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, the only, the only thing I've found is don't overwater them. They don't want a lot of water. No, and that's probably because of their pindo side, you know, because what they are is they're a cross between a pindo and a queen palm, and they can naturally right. occur periodically down in Argentina, but now they're being propagated enough so that they're available. And that, you know, that was a rare collector's tree 20 years ago, and now they're pretty common and, and a nice tree for the desert. Yeah, it's a, it's a great tree. I appreciate you recommending them. Well, Ryan, thanks for the call, and have a nice weekend. Thanks, Brian. You Bye-bye. too. Have a good day. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. The lines are full. Oh, well, we have one line open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR.
welcome back, folks. Uh, beautiful morning out there. I want to take a minute and invite you to Whitfield's. You know, Whitfield's, we grow trees. It started with my grandparents back in the 40s and continues today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. We deliver, plant, and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. If you want a beautiful lemon tree to go home and pick lemons in a couple weeks, we have those. If you'd like a 1,000 trees for your development, we can help you with that as well. From palm trees to citrus trees to desert trees, we have some really unique ones. We have things um, like an American mesquite, which is a big, vigorous mesquite. We have a nice thornless AZT mesquite that doesn't have any uh, seeds on it, which is kind of a nice thing for a mesquite to be, uh, combined with beautiful fruitless olives like Swan Hills. Whatever your dream for that perfect landscape, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale, the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Tom in Cave Creek. Hi, Tom. Hi, Brian. I'm imagining a border of Mexican bird of paradise around my property. Okay. I have um, probably 30 plants that are literally 30 years old. What's the best way to propagate those? Uh, from seed. So basically, we, we propagate Mexican bird over paradise. the years. Well, what you do is you have to soak the seed in acid. You want to do them in April, you know, and you can soak the seed in acid, and then uh, you plant the seed. And in April, when it's hot, it comes up really fast. Now, the other option, Tom, would be just buy some little Mexican bird of paradise. They're not very expensive, <laughs> and then plant them around. But if you want to grow your own, um, you know, the seed's got to be a big, fat, viable seed, and uh, you can harvest it in the wintertime. You can soak it in acid in April. And uh, then, you know, plant it into containers and grow it in containers and plant it out in the garden. What's the best type of acid? Uh, well, you just you have to be careful. You can use vinegar, which is a mild acid. You know, it's safe and easy to use. You could use if you had a pool muriatic acid at home. Or you could use uh, sulfuric acid. And it's just the amount oh, okay. of the percentage and being careful. But what you want to do is cook the little seeds till the the acid and the water mixture will start to change color and kind of burn the hull off it. The other way you could do seed like that is to scarify it. So you could take it and rub it against a file, like a metal file, and then soak it for some time. But the acid's much easier. And uh, away you go. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Uh, Pauline and Casa Grande. Good morning, Pauline. Oh, good morning, Brian. Uh, quick question. I have a nice mesquite tree, um, and I was thinking of planting a lantana next to it, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure about if the roots are too much for the tree from the lantana. No, it won't, they won't bother each other at all. The only thing is, as the tree gets larger, it may shade the lantana more. So you'd probably want to put okay. it to the south or west side of the tree. But there's no reason yeah. they can coexist and be quite pretty together. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Pauline. Bye-bye. Uh, Bob and Tempe. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Uh, I have a couple of questions regarding water and trees. But first, I want to let you know, I was at your Gilbert store yesterday. had a nice conversation about you with Red. <laughs> so if she goes to the ball game with you today, you can discuss that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, she's wonderful, as everybody out there is. Uh, I have two mesquite trees that have been in the ground, though, 35 years. I have three uh, 
five-gallon emitters around each of those trees. How many gallons, roughly, should those trees get now? Well, here's the cool thing about mesquites, Bob, is that you could turn them off and on, okay? They can be one of the most functional trees of all. So really an established large mesquite, you might water it one last time now for the year, maybe once real heavy here the 1st of October. And there's no reason Uh you have to water that tree again until March. So we can really conserve all that water that we'd be using and almost wasting over the winter months. Right. And then next summer when it's 110 and super miserable, you just turn that irrigation system on and let it run. And take all okay. those irrigations you want to use throughout the year and put them on that mesquite tree when it's 110. And then you and I and your neighbors will all be much happier because it's just like a swamp cooler working in your yard. It takes that moisture up from the soil, goes out through the top of the tree, will cool the environment around the tree. It can drop the temperature up in the canopy by as much as 7 to 10 degrees and below that tree as much as 25 degrees. So save save your water and use it when it's – we talk about using water wisely, but wisely, you know, makes – people don't understand that, uh, you know, mesquite teas is just one of the most wonderful native desert trees here and can really be turned off and on. Okay. When I do water them, about how many gallons would you suggest we give? Well, ideally you want to water them deep enough so that the root system, you know, is down three to five feet deep. Where are you located in Tempe? Uh What cross streets? South Tempe, Warner and Rural. Okay, so you have very heavy, great soil for for maintaining a tree. So you want to water long enough to get the water down to a depth of three to four feet and out as wide as the canopy. So you're probably going to put on when you water a couple hundred gallons of water. Couple hundred. Okay, I appreciate that. Secondly, I have Sonoran Emerald or Desert Museum, whichever they are, two of those. Mm-hmm. About how much water should those get? I, again, I realize they're desert type and don't take. You know, they're, they're very much like the mesquite. They really don't. Uh, okay. Might irrigate them one last time for now if they're well established. And there's no yeah. reason to irrigate them again until March or April. Okay, about the same gallonage, you would say? About the same gallonage. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of different, though. That the, the Sonoran Emerald's got a denser canopy and doesn't flower as long, and it's got sturdier right. wood. It doesn't break as much in the sun, okay? And the Desert Museum, you know, if you give it too big of irrigations, it's going to elongate the limb stems and branches and be subject to breaking in the monsoon season. So I would be yes. more sparing with the Desert Museum in the water and encourage the— uh, the Sonoran Emerald, you know, much like the Palo, much like the Mesquite, it can be useful as a cooling tree in the summertime. Okay, now, and I'm not sure which one they were. I got them from Salt River Projects at one of their water water uh, workshops. Or well, something. they are thornless, though, right, Bob? They are thornless. Okay, they are thornless, and they're beautiful. But okay, I appreciate the information. You guys enjoy the ball game today, and let's hope they win. Yep. Thanks, Bob. Bye bye. Thanks, uh, Patrick and Glendale. Hello, Patrick. How are you? Good morning. Morning. Are we out at 15? Hey, I'm um, considering putting in some, some live oaks. Um, there'd be some pretty aggressive sun exposure, mm-hmm. uh, probably about 80% full sun throughout the day. Okay. Um, is, there, is there a certain live oak that might fare better, or would you recommend not doing live oak in that Well, situation? southern live oaks are a really beautiful, hardy tree. When they're established, they're quite drought tolerant. And uh, our tree that you know I personally really enjoy um, southern live oaks. There, there are some different ones. Um, 
But, you know, it depends on which ones you, you want to get. You know, the shape's going to be a little different. And uh, probably the best right. is to come and take a look at them. But um, there's a cathedral oak, which is more columnar, a little fuller, more more if you want a really uniform tree. But uh, right. my favorite, really honestly, are the seedling live oaks. And those are going to have a, a broader leaf. There's also sky towers, which are very uniform with a narrower leaf. Uh, so there's a lot of different, you know, varieties of live oaks. But uh, you can, you know, pretty, pretty much pick out the leaf. You know, and a tree not to forget about that's kind of fun here, too, is a cork oak, cork bark oak. Cork oak. Okay. And that's the one that they make the bark for the wine corks, you know, back in, uh, you know, it mostly come from Portugal. But here, right before right. World War II, there was a, a worry about having enough wine cork available for wood. So they planted a lot of those around the valley. And one of my all-time favorite trees used to be on a ditch bank out in South Chandler that was planted at that time during World War II. And that tree grew to about probably 75 by 75 because it was sitting right on the irrigation yeah. canal. And there were many ch- children, I think, conceived under that tree and a lot of beer drink under that tree. <laughs> it, it was the only tree for miles, but it was it was the most magnificent tree that uh, it was truly beautiful. So despite the, the myriad of choices you provided, just mm-hmm. put an established live oak, is still pretty drought resistant. Very and, drought tolerant. Um, very drought tolerant when they're established. Okay. And, and the, the main thing, okay, you know, they, they're going to grow it according to how much water they get. Hence, the one out there was a monster. It was next to an irrigation canal. <laughs> right. I know. But uh, right. so they're right. going to get a, a correlation there between water and growth. But they're all, you know, very hardy trees. They will withstand our desert heat. You know, if you look through this summer, as hot as miserable it was, you don't see many dead oaks. That, that's that's correct, and then um, and all the varieties you mentioned, they all retain their leaves all season long. Correct. For the most most, part. most most oak trees, what they're going to do is they're going to drop foliage pretty much in the spring when they're putting out new foliage. All, all the evergreen oak varieties. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, I Patrick. Bye, bye. Uh, Melanie and Christine, I'll take you both off the air, folks. I appreciate all the calls. Let's go out and each other, enjoy each other. There's a lot of things happening around the world that are kind of rough. And uh, imagine the difference if we could just all love each other and work together. And, and happy holiday for our Hebrew friends. And we'll be, we'll be back here next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.